five, six, seven, eight. Hello and welcome to this very special edition, kind of, of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. We are back. And because it's 2022 and we're looking back, as we always do, 20 years in the past, we are this week, boys, reviewing the Best Picture winner from 2002, Rob Marshall's Chicago. It won Best Picture. He did not win Best Director and it did not win Best Screenplay, which is kind of a rarity um and then lee's got a challenge for us uh which sounds fun for uh, a forthcoming episode and um let's uh let's get into it dig in dig into the shit So, look. Uh, it's been well you documented guys, that you Jake guys hates know musicals. musicals are not my thing, and I don't really think they're your thing either. Like, I don't think any of us love them. And I'm trying to think about you know music and dancing and singing, and I don't think any of those things are really interests of ours. And there's pr- certainly a pl- plenty of that in this film. So I'm I'm wondering, guys, when you go into a film like this that doesn't have something that I mean, one, I, I don't think you can analyze it like we would analyze a drama, for example, or how we usually analyze movies. But also, how do you kind of give yourself an unbiased view of a film that you really don't have interest in the pieces of? I mean, I guess I'm sort of assuming that, but um, yeah, like, what do you what do you look for? What, how do you make sure that you look at this in a way that's as unbiased as you possibly can? Well, it... <clears throat> It's a little tough when, um, like, we've all seen the movie before, too, previously. So my bias is going in. Oh, you all right there? Mm-hmm. And we lost Chapin. <laughs> it's just like anything to get out of this podcast. Um, my biases have to do with remembering my experience seeing this in the theater for the first time. Uh, back in 2002 and I really enjoyed it just and and it is one of those movies that is certainly better in the theater when you're in a dark room I mean it's theatrical um and you can really get into the num the musical numbers if you like the music you're you're going to have a good time with this film especially um you know in in a theater so I that's what that's Coming into this, that's my memory of it. So I wanted to sort of re-experience this on, you know, sitting on my couch. But it's it's a little bit harder there. But I'll let Lee answer, and then we can go into what we thought this time around. Yeah, I think you just have to be as objective as possible. And objectively, I will say that this movie is just is all design. And a couple of the Academy Awards that it won that I think it was very worthy of winning were, you know, art direction, film editing, maybe sound, costume design, things like that were expertly done. And if you look at it through that prism, it's an impressive piece of art that doesn't necessarily equate to being a great movie. It can. And whether or not that 
justifiably equated to it being best picture is something we'll get into. But I had no memory of this movie. I'm sure I haven't seen it since the theater. I I knew just kind of in theory what to expect, but I I didn't know if I would be blown away by this. I didn't know if I would utterly hate it or somewhere in between. And honestly, like it kind of ended up being in between not to lay my cards on the table, but as a result that makes it somewhat underwhelming because my experience doesn't justify how well this movie did critically when it came out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, also, I think uh, to not overanalyze it, I think if you don't, if you're not going to enjoy the musical numbers or the music in this movie, like there's some musicals I just don't particularly like the music to. So and this one especially, it's hard to separate yourself from it and just concentrate on the story. And we can talk about the cinematic quality of this film because I, I think that's an important aspect to this film. But like this to me... I enjoy the music for this like more than I do for something, say, like Moulin Rouge, which might be somewhat comparable. Um, you like this more than Moulin Rouge? Moulin Rouge, I do. though, is like a lot of like pop songs, for lack of a better description. It's not That's true. That's true. Music. It's not original music. Um, but I do enjoy this more than that. Mm. I totally disagree with that. Yeah, well, and that's another movie that is very much all design. Um it might be an interesting movie to revisit, too. We missed it on the uh, twenty-year retrospective, but look. All right. Well, well okay. Good. No, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry, Jeremy. Please. No, but I really want to talk about the cinematic qualities of this movie because I've well, never that's seen. Was, that's what I was hoping for you guys to talk about because neither of you really <laughs> answered my question. I mean, are you guys? I mean, it, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like this movie has any of the qualities that we look for in movies. We, well, that's what I my, think. I think I'm it looking... is. Very cinematic, though, and I, which I appreciate because, like, I've never seen the theatrical version of Chicago, which I'm, I'm sure neither of you have. But it's hard for me to like, imagine isn't that what it. This is like uh, on the like stage, on the stage, stage oh, the stage version of this. But, um, but it's hard for me to imagine because they did such a good job of making it cinematic in the way that they cut back and forth to the I, songs I, and the story. That it's hard film, to imagine how they do it on. A stage. I think that the editing is the only thing that is cinematic about this movie. The rest of it, I can see how it would be impressive on the stage. I don't think this is an overly impressive movie cinematically. I I think this is a. I just think a, it I may, think it's a they make a it replica cinematic. of something that was done on the stage. I don't think so because I I, I mean you can, you can call it editing, but I don't like it's it's like I said it's hard for me to grasp how it was even done on the stage if you can't cut between the real life and the the dance numbers which you can't do on a stage Japen? yeah look I, I think that's a good point um that that is a very a very clever mechanism um and i think you know what i i i, I told you guys this is one of the only movies i've ever walked out of and i think that's more because i've seen it with with a lady, and I was more interested in that lady than the movie, but I was also pretty... But the lady stayed. <laughs> yeah, she stayed. <laughs> yeah, um, she loved the movie. But, you know, like, uh, I, I just I, I just don't 
just had this distaste for musicals that was even more acute when I was 18 years old when this came out or whatever it was. And, uh, but this time around, you know, I appreciated the, the musical numbers, the dancing a little bit more. I've got, I've, I've grown to appreciate that a little bit more. Um, and I think, you know, I, I appreciated the cutting, the set design. Um, I, I actually think it's, there are three pretty good performances in this. Um, and the actors are pushed to do things that they, you know, nor, you know, normally don't have to do in movies. And you get, uh, like, I think, I, you know, I've never really cared for Richard Gere, but I think he's charming and I really liked um, him in this. Yeah. I think he's good in this. And, um, but look like this just, I, I, the reason I asked you guys that question, I just, none of this stuff interests me. None of this stuff is emotionally impactful to me at all. And that's what I look for when I go to movies. I don't go for the spectacle. I don't go for the, the, you know, the, 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 the the sort of the big, the big performances. That's not what I want from a movie. I mean, if I were to see this on the stage, I think that would be great to see, right? Like, um, I think you go to the theater, especially a musical, for a much different reason. But this just isn't compelling to me on film, which is why um, West, uh, Spielberg's West Side Story stuck out to me so much because it was so much a film. And it, it, it so much felt like what I look for in a movie in the form of a musical. And this just wasn't because, look, you have, you have this proscenium that we often talk about that is present in... I guess we want to call them the fantasies, the Roxy's fantasies, the musical aspects of this. But they all still feel like performances. They all still feel like they're on a stage. And so that sort of mechanism means that you are just inherently in this world of the stage, which, you know, is appropriate for the music, I guess, musical. Um, but it just it just feels stagnant and and basic it doesn't it doesn't push the boundaries like i felt spielberg did and um you know look like like a a movie like moulin rouge which came out a a little bit before this i actually remember watching and being very moved by and and there was something about it that that was original and and that aspect of it i think can can make things (sighs) interesting for an audience that didn't like it but look i mean this was this movie was a huge hit Miramax's biggest movie at the time somehow and it won an Oscar so I guess I'm in the minority well, but geez. I agree with you Chapin I, I I just don't think that this entirely translated to the screen in the way that they wanted to and were manipulated a little bit throughout it because of some pretty crafty editing and some really impressive production design art direction all these things that you could you can very I guess with the exception of editing, you can sort of seamlessly take from the stage to the screen. But there's a line in kind of the, you know, final scenes of this movie when Richard Gere is uh, interviewing Renee Zellweger on the stand and and he's like, tell the audience, I mean the jury. But there's this dividing line when you're watching it on screen where we don't really feel like the audience the same way you would see that actor project that out to a theater audience. And I think that, that connection to what's happening on screen is absent in this movie. 
again, I can look at this movie objectively and check a couple boxes and say, yes, really well done, really well done, good performance. But I didn't didn't give two shits what was going on in this movie. As a matter of fact, I probably by two-thirds of the way was paying much less attention than I should have and did not miss anything because you had a lot of repetition, whether it was a musical number that was essentially relaying ultimately the same information that we'd seen throughout and while well designed the same design as we were seeing in the rest of the movie so sure like there's a lot of really impressive work here visually and technically but i mean i just i I didn't really care about anything in this movie none of it none of the editing wasn't the best i've ever seen the production design wasn't the best i've ever seen it was all really good it may have been the best of 2002 i don't remember but Come on, like this is this is well. Very rarely does one movie have the best editing and best production design you'll ever see. So I don't really get where you're going with that. Well, my point is that this is a movie that won six Oscars, was nominated for another yeah eight, another seven. That's ridiculous. This movie is kind of silly. All right. Well, I'll tell you where I agree with you guys and where I disagree with you guys. Uh, I agree. As far as the emotional core of this movie, I, too, was just looking forward to them getting to the next musical number because I do enjoy the music. And I I did find myself like, all right, any of this dialogue is just kind of it's only moving us along to the next the next musical number Um, where I disagree with you is I do think this movie had. The cinematic experience in the back of its mind a, a little bit more than you guys give it credit for. Um, I think the camera movement was great. I think the editing was great. The the use of the the lights that you know you're claiming could just be so easily transferred from the the uh, stage to the screen is the, it was very specifically done here, and I think done very well. Um, but yeah, there was, there was no, this story of Roxy Hart and whether she got off on murder charges and whether we cared about them or not, or even the sort of deeper element of the media and its love of sort of, uh, violent stories and sensationalism, uh, it's all there. It's yeah, all, but it's, it's all not that interesting. That's successful. In this movie, it's I think it's successful. I think it's successful in the way it wants to be. Like I just don't know what else it could have like done. It, it it it's addressing those issues. It's showing them, but it's not the main focus of this. The main focus of this is like if you love Chicago or you love the music, you're gonna have a great time watching this movie. See, and that's think, what they cared the most about. But I think that's the biggest difference between the argument of whether or not this translates to the screen is, as Chapin said it, like, seeing this on stage would probably be an incredible experience. But something about it being a movie makes you want a little bit more out of the story it's telling. It can't just be the spectacle of the musical numbers. I agree with that. But I also think, like, seeing this in a theater is an experience. Sure, that could be. And we unfortunately can't have that experience now. Probably never will. No one's going to show this in a theater again. Um, But, you know, I just think... I, I mean, I'm looking at the Oscars for that year. And I, I don't know, Chicago won best picture over gangs in New York, the hours, the two towers and the pianist, 
what's the best movie there? The Pianist, maybe? <laughs> I, I mean, know. I honestly couldn't even tell you. Um, I couldn't tell you. So it's not like we had a bunch of, you know, juggernaut nominees that it was competing against. I mean, Adaptation was nominated for Best Screenplay that year. Obviously, we've talked about Minority Report, which was completely shut out of, well, sound editing it was nominated for. But there's some other good movies that didn't get the nominations they deserved. But I get it. You know, in that that time and place, the Academy is looking at Chicago, which is, you know, an exciting, loud bright easy movie that did really well and people probably enjoyed because i didn't hate this movie i don't know that you could say you hated it for any reason so here's there there you go like you have these like you know a three-hour scorsese movie that's you know pretty polarizing and now i think pretty universally considered to be one of his lesser movies in gangs of new york maybe the lord of ring lord of the Rings should have won i don't know the pianist is a polanski movie they're not going to give him best picture they gave him best director no he didn't win but did he win best yeah. director yeah, for it yeah oh yeah i thought only uh, adrian brody won all right i guess my point is like if 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 we're looking back in time, because that's what we're doing, let's look back even further to other musicals that came before it and sort of take out, um, oh my God, uh, what's the musical we've been uh, just talking about? West Side Story? No. um, Nicole Kidman there. Oh, Moulin Uh, Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Take take that out of the equation. Like, I guess where I'm, uh, I'm giving this movie more credit is like, if you look at it like compared to, I don't know, something like a, uh, a Grease or um, <clears throat> Sound of Music or something like that. It, it's it's way more innovative in in using telling the story cinematically than like some like those movies where they just kind of break in break into song. There's a little bit of a story and break into song, a little bit of story break into song. Whereas this is like trying trying to do something a little different. But I don't know if the movie's trying to do it. I think that's what the show is. I mean, it's essentially like a burlesque show. So, I mean, you can say that that this movie is a more original and visually captivating musical than, than those two movies. But and, and in that sense, it is comparable to something like Moulin Rouge, which, again, is is very much about the design of the movie and the visuals and how they capture what's happening and, and capture the the mise-en-scene but to directly compare and say like oh this is a more cinematic experience than something like sound of music or what was the other one you said uh grease which i think is i think both i mean are ultimately better movies than than this is because they tell more interesting stories and yeah the it i mean it's tricky because you know the thing chapin always argues is that like in musicals, the movie feels so out of place. I don't think it does feel out of place here. Like, you have these two characters that want to be you on mean the, the stage. Mu- the music feels so out of place. Right. Like, they just, yeah. like, go randomly into yeah. song and dance. Whereas here, that's not That's not, not really the case. the case here. The movie part feels out of place. It's yeah, exactly. And I think that's a big problem I have with it. And, like, honestly, I would, I'll take out of place music as long as I have a good story. The other way around, I don't think I'm as fond of, where it's the music feels like it's in place, but the story is just 
unimportant. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I'm more interested in a musical like Grease, you know, like I, I, you know, what I think is works about those type of musicals is that it's like, yeah, this is singing in high school. It's like a nor, it's like a, uh, a story you've seen before, uh, like a genre you've seen before, but just put to music. Whereas this has this like, you know, vaudeville aspect to it. And I mean, again, all very sumptuous and beautifully shot and exciting, but just amounted to nothing to me. It just, there's no emotional connection there. Well, and this is something else I wanted to bring up. There are no stakes in this movie. Right, exactly, because Absolutely everything is none. so trivial. It's like, oh, and then here's the dancing, and then, oh, here, here's... And, and like, those sequences are, are interesting. They're like, you know, I actually really... A couple of the ones I really... I really like the John C. Riley sequence. I thought he was great. Um, Did you? Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I, I, for in a movie that he doesn't get much to do in, I think I think he was. He, I think I like he's the sequence. emotional the emotional core of this movie. If anyone's gonna if anyone's gonna elicit any sort of emotional response, I feel like it's John C. Riley. Yeah, that's true. I just didn't think of of the key performers in this movie. He was the fourth best, I suppose. No, no, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying his. I I thought his musical number was interesting. Okay. You know, he's like he's the clown, and he you know comes up on stage, and he's got his little. You know, I like I, I like that. I, you know, like every other Richard Gere musical number, I thought was sort of superfluous. Um, I I just there are no stakes, and you just like there's this. I think that's there's something inherently wrong with this kind of film for me, at least in my personal experience, is that you just don't feel anything at all. My, you don't my feel thing anything, is like, and like there yeah, are you some, don't. There are some musicals like I think like you know. Not the movie version of it, but like you know, like lame is a rob, or 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 um, you know, more like more serious. Maybe Hamilton. I don't know. Like there are cases where you you empathize empathize with the characters a little bit, but this like I think the important thing to to, to note is that it's got to be different for a movie. Like when you're sitting there in the theater and you are. Um, you know, you're watching a movie or you're watching the play. You, you're there for a little, you're there for a little, you know, you're there for the spectacle, right? Like that's what you're there for. But like, that's not, that's not really the same reason we go to, to movies. We're, we go to movies to be moved and challenged and, and, um, you know, to, to, to have like a, a real emotional journey. And I think, you know, I, I mean that's true. Like those are our favorite movies, but is that all? What always why we go? Is that like well, it's the same as like you know going to a, a, a Rambo? Like you're not doing that to get emotionally cha- challenged. You, watch, you and, watch your mouth. You know what I mean? Like I, it's well, it's that same thing. I agree with that, Jeremy. But I want to dig a little deeper into this movie because I don't think it totally accomplishes what it's setting out to do in many ways because it's trying to create this world that's like all these seedy characters and these edgy characters that are up to no good and like they're it's not there like that 
imagine if Fincher, like take the musical out of this and imagine if Fincher directed this. This is the the plot line of this movie. Two death row murderesses develop a fierce rivalry while competing for publicity, celebrity, and a sleazy lawyer's attention. Like take that, take the sh- musical, the burlesque show out of that and try to create that story in that environment and then add the music into it. And you have stakes and you have good guys and bad guys. Like who's the bad guy in this movie? Renee Zellweger, because she's... I think they all are. Yeah, but that, like, but that's boring then, because they're also charming. Like, there needs to be an edge. There needs to be something darker, like, mysterious about these characters. And, you know, they try to create this rivalry between Catherine Zeta-Jones and Renee Zellweger, which is totally half-assed and just not interesting at all. And uh, Queen Latifah, who's nominated for an Oscar for this movie, that just was just such a... Such a dull role, I thought. Yeah, I didn't like, think she was very good. All that stuff just feels so inconsequential because the movie is so focused on its design and its musical numbers, which are are well done. Like that's fine. But like, is don't... it fine though? That's the that's I guess what I'm getting at because I'm not. I don't disagree with what you guys are saying at all. But I think what I would what I would argue is it is fine. I guess if that's really what you're you're looking for at that those uh two hours of your life okay but but tell me the difference between this like okay if you if you go in and you're like wow that was a great musical sequence what's the difference between that and watching a great michael bay action sequence well that's kind of the argument i just made i know that's what i'm saying yeah he's the he's the he's the perfect i mean he is he undeniably is a great director of action sequences they are literally just spectacle Sometimes there's a little bit of emotion in it, in the great ones, Armageddon, for example. But you know, like, like they're, <laughs> the, the, what's the, what is the difference between this <laughs> and a and a Michael Bay movie? Honestly, tell me the Transformers. This is we appreciate. We we this is a higher art form. This is a higher art form for some for whatever reason, and that's why it gets this choreography respect. and set design, and art direction, and editing are are crafts and it takes very talented people to execute it at the level that this movie is executed. But let's take a look. You, you brought it up at the beginning, Chapin, that Rob Marshall didn't win best director for this. There's a reason because despite all of the talented people he had around him and all the impressive things that were done, this movie is, is non-cohesive. Like there, this isn't a movie. It's a spectacle. And it's the same reason as, the same reason Michael Bay doesn't get nominated for Best Director because he creates a spectacle, or none of the Marvel well, movies, even even with nominated. all the pressure, you know, Mar- even with all the pressure, Mar- you know, Marvel movies get nominated for Best Picture occasionally, mm. or superhero movies get nominated for Best Picture occasionally because the spectacle is there and the audiences love them and they're popular and it's it's part of you know the movie culture. But the directors will never be nominated because they aren't creating a full picture of uh, something that has has real stakes and real emotional ties to to its audience. It's just doing one or two or a handful of aspects of filmmaking really well. Yeah, can we also talk about how how bad this ending was? I I, I for some reason in my head I I remembered and maybe I just put this there because I it it would've been a better ending than those two deciding to team up and then... Yeah, like years later? I don't even know how long later. And actually doing a stage show, and that stage show wasn't fake. 
like that was a re- that was a real thing that happened. What if what if that was happening while she was like at the end she's just being like uh she's being executed for the murder. Yeah, but thought... that's the that's what I mean. Like there's no edge to this movie. There's nothing there's there's no there's nothing dark or there's no consequences. Like the whole thing was just, you know, that second before she she gets hung. Brilliant. Or decapitated. <laughs> Her neck's so loose cuz she's so skinny it just <laughs> yeah. pops off. Her head just pops off. <laughs> or it's the opposite of Danny DeVito. Uh uh, and then, all right, so performances. How would you rank them? Let's all rank them. Uh, Gear, Zeta-Jones, Zellweger, I would say. Would be. Z- Catherine Zeta-Jones hustled here. She was working hard in well, this Well, who mentioned, one, one of you guys mentioned that, like, this isn't a, especially, all three of those people would not, you, you would not think would be cast in this movie. Like no, this is true. out of their their comfort zone and out of the box for them. They all did so, a good job. They all sang well. I, yeah, I think they're all good in it. I, I you know, they're but again, like let's yeah, look at can, the let's look at the the nominees again here. It's it's Catherine well, Zeta Jones won. Yeah, four four people nominated. Zeta Jones won. Zell Wega was nominated. Yeah. John C. Riley was was nominated in Queen Latifah. So Chris wow. Cooper won supporting actor for adaptation. That's a yep. good one. Uh, Nicole Kidman won for the hours. Oof. She beat Diane Lane in Unfaithful, Julianne Moore in Far From Heaven, Renee Zellweger in Selma Hayek and Frida. Wait, Diane Lane in Unfaithful is this year too? What? Yeah. A, what a sexy year. <laughs> uh, and Nicole Kidman's uh, nose in the hours. Ooh. Supporting actress. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones won. She beat Queen Latifah. Kathy Bates in About Schmidt. Meryl Streep in Adaptation. Julianne Moore in The Hours. Um, double double nominations for Julianne Moore that year. I don't know. Like that. <laughs> what was going on this year at the Oscars? Yeah. My God. Like. <laughs> but little little known fact. Well, not little known, but John C. Riley in three of the five Best Picture nominations. Oh uh, really? Yeah. Was he in the year. hours too? Yeah, he's in the hours. That was his coming out party that year. So, all right. Well, C. I had I, I was curious. So, what's we've done this now? Uh, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. So we did American Beauty, Gladiator. Beautiful Mind, and Chicago are the flat four Best Picture winners. Oh, my God. What what's, American Beauty is the best movie in the bunch there? I mean, we all really liked American Beauty and thought it stood the test of time. I think it's, it's by far the best of the I bunch. I think we were all – but I, I wonder, like, we were also just, like, enormously surprised about that. I know. I thought it was genuinely but, good. Um, I think we all did. I think we're forgetting yeah. that. Uh, I think we liked it. But we all thought A Beautiful Mind was genuinely bad. Yeah, this is... So I, I would say it goes American Beauty, Gladiator, Gladiator, Chicago, Beautiful Mind. I agree. I mean, be- A Beautiful Mind just but <laughs> did, it, did not wait, work. Wait, what the, list that again, Lee? So I think in order of the... We go American Beauty, Gladiator, Chicago, Beautiful Mind. 
Yeah. Does that feel yeah, right? That would be my little... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe how bad a beautiful mind. Oh, God. <laughs> Next year, we got to do Return of the King. We better start watching that now. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should watch all three of those. I like those movies a lot. So I, I, I'm happy to watch the Lord of the Rings movies. Okay, so what was the best movie of the, like what would have won the Fixie this year? I mean, none of the best picture. adaptation. Oh probably. yeah, yeah, adaptation. Yeah, yeah, adaptation. That's something definitely. we have to do this year. But obviously, Minority Report would have been in the conversation. Oh yeah, probably Minority Report. Yeah, I um, for, I forgot because I haven't put the podcast. <laughs> the one we just podcasted about. Um, I mean, there's some other good movies this year. Catch Me If You Can is a good movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, The Pianist is actually. A, very good. Um, the pianist is the one I, I Mama Tambien. don't remember the most. Oh, Mama Tambien, about it was a, a really a sexy year, huh? <laughs> the sexiest about, year ever. About a boy. Um, and I'm just looking through the, all the other nominations, and it's oh, man, a lot of these movies got a lot of nominations. Eight Mile, um, which we finally got the Eminem performance. <laughs> Or what was it two years ago? Yeah, at the Oscars, still loved it. Um. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I'll pull up our spreadsheet. We have the twenty-year revisits. Twenty twenty-two revisits. City of God. Um, you can check off Chicago. Twenty-fifth hour. So there's some good ones, um, I, but, you know. I, I very distinctly remember this winter because I remember seeing this and being very disappointed. I remember seeing the g- Gangs of New York being so psyched and then going to see it and was like, ugh. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And but then, Daniel Day-Lewis was so good in it. That salvaged. Does Did it? It did. It did. For me, he was so good. That's all I thought about with that movie. That's a kill. Yeah, he definitely... Um, <sighs> Yeah, definitely the performance performance of the year. No, I'm just uh, just tired. Had a tech scout. You guys know how that goes. Yeah. Right in the middle of te- tech scout week. So oh, that's put movie the terms. Here. Put the put the trucks oh, here. Park the trucks over here. Oh. Yeah, no big deal. Where's the generator just fucking, going? Just park the fucking trucks. God. Uh, Park wherever you want. I don't care. What's my, my yeah, Seriously, find a spot like they're the rest tr- of us. Yeah. They're trucks. <laughs> Uh yeah. So Lee, let's uh what's what do you got what do you got to challenge us? Well, so I was thinking I I, I hate to call it a challenge because <laughs> I, I like I, I like th- these. I think these are some of our best podcasts when we I do too, challenge but, each other. So J- Jeremy, sort of sort of uh flippantly in passing, mm. you had mentioned we with this movie got brought up and and you had said something along the lines that you don't care for it. And Chapin in the past you have you have said something similar, maybe not quite as critical. That sorry. What? What? Just pay attention. <laughs> yeah. What are you watching on? What, what's, what's going on? Are you, what's are you so goddamn through, important? Are you going through Tinder or uh, whatever they're called? Yeah. Can, yeah bring us up to bring us up to speed. Yeah, we'll do that after that. That's the next. No, segment. no. I need to now. I, now see. Now I, I can't. Nope. I need go to know ahead, what that was. Go ahead. So can't, you can do video on. messages on these now instead of just like little. You can. You can't. You that, can, well, you can do video and it, can, can. What's this? What's the challenge? <laughs> well, we're not the ones looking at our apps yeah, right, right I'm sorry, now. I apologize. <laughs> anyway, so I think both of you are 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 way too down on this movie. Um, 
and you can correct me Cemetery immediately if you're, if, if you're if I'm wrong. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but I think we should all watch American Gangster. Um, Ridley Scott's American Gangster, Chapin, which you and I saw in the theater at the Grove. Famous the fight it. broke out. <laughs> um, I think this is one of Ridley Scott's best movies. Wow! Um, wow! That's a, well. That's why don't we? Price. Why don't we do? Why don't we do two more challenges? I mean, I know we it's a little on the cuff, but I think we could. So, who would you challenge you, that? Would well, you challenge then I, w- I would challenge or? it specifically to Jeremy only okay. because I think he's lower on it, but I think Ooh. you are both too low on it. So then I would have to challenge you, and then Jeremy would have to challenge me. Only if you have a good one. We don't have to necessarily do three, but um, Lee, what's something you hate that I like? <laughs> See, this is why it's done. <laughs> I like how he was on. This is like going to be off the cuff, but yeah. you me tell ask me you to come up with it. You tell me what. Uh, yeah, we can just do one movie, and the, it'll also be good because we can release a Ridley Scott podcast, and then give the fans what they want, and and co-release the Black Hawk Down podcast. All right, and how yeah. about this deal? How about this deal? I will also uh, see the Batman movie before that podcast, and be able to. Okay, we'll be able to chime in on that. Yeah, that that debate. So uh, that'll be that'll be something we can. Yeah, so we can se- we can settle that, Jeremy. You have to settle that. I can settle it. Um, well, then maybe we should right, just have so, one more movie. Okay. Is it a new movie? Is it an old movie? What are we doing here? Uh, Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, Talk amongst yourselves. This is dead air. Dead air. I'm just I'm just looking at my movies on my on my shelf but, here. But why do we need another one? I don't know. I guess we don't. I mean, American Gangster and the Batman are obviously related, um, tie in together. They they do. Yeah, big time. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> 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 it. IMDb the big trivia. Time. Oh, big time. So let's do that because, again, I think I think American Gangster is. One of Scott's best. And Have you, you seen guys... it? Have you seen it since? You, like, is this a movie you? Oh yeah, I own, I own it. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean. <laughs> I own it on regular DVD. Um, actually, I think I have it on Blu-ray, but, um, and I've seen it. I, you know, I've probably seen it three times, but, I, I think it's, I think it's a really, really great movie. Um, uh, unfortunately, there's so. three movies also in the theater that I really wish to see, but yeah, we got to see the Northman. The Northman, the uh, the unbearable weight. Yeah, of, the Cage movie. Yeah, and then the um, which one is that with uh, there's multiverse one that everyone's saying is like one of the yeah. best movies. Um, yeah, kind of kind of a bummer. They're all just in the theater. Yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yep. Um, Father Stew, obviously. Oh well, obviously, I, th- yeah. I already saw that. I made a. <laughs> Made that a priority. <laughs> God, what um, happened to Wahlberg? Not that he was ever great, but like he at least like try like he at least did like Boogie Nights and The Departed and like Three Kings, Basketball Diaries and Three Kings. Like he he did interesting stuff at one point in his career. I guess he just doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. Just doesn't care. So, but Father Stew, it's an important movie. Um, all right. 
Well, short uh, pod. Short pod. None of us are that interested in Chicago. Uh, I enjoyed the music. All that jazz and the dance around in your underwear. And all that jazz. Yeah, I like Jeremy enjoyed the music and only line from it he knows is all that jazz. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just finished wa- I just finished watching it and yeah, that was so the it's last not fresh thing. in your mind or anything. That's the last thing that was so it stuck. So, here final question. Can you guys imagine a scenario where you ever watch Chicago again? No. Cuz I was thinking about that after. I was like, I haven't seen this from the, the- since the theater. Watched it now. I can't imagine ever watching it again. Fifty-year anniversary, like maybe <laughs> I could see myself watching it again. So in th- in thirty years, yeah, or when we're when we're uh, thirty years older, oh, everyone God. everyone in it's dead. Yeah, and all that jazz. Lydia and I watched um, Death on the Nile. Oh, how was that? It was extraordinarily bad. Really. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, quite bad. No, uh, no, no. Very, very few positive didn't, qualities. Didn't uh, even Kenneth, get into it. Kenneth Branagh direct it? Yeah, he's yeah. he directed that, and he directed Murder on the Orient Express a couple of years ago. He's yeah, doing well, all those he, he also directed Belfast, which was so terrible. I, you, not, n- no, it wasn't. If you've watched Death on the Nile, you if you haven't watched Death on the Nile, you haven't seen I wanted, Terrible. I wanted, while I was watching in Belfast, I wanted Death on the Nile. Yeah, he's directed like 20 movies. I yeah, know. and I uh, clearly, uh, is, is, are any of them good? Let's see. I, I well, don't. Well, Henry V is his, did he direct that though? He did. Yeah, very first one, 1989. Yeah, that's, that's his big, uh, that's a big hit. Claim to fame. What so, you do about so, nothing is pretty well regarded. So all the Shakespeare's didn't even write them himself. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even write your own stuff. All right. All right. Chapin, Let's wrap gonna... it up, Chapin. Uh, get on it. Well, that's going to do it for this pretty short edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. So next week, tune in for American Gangster. And I guess we're going to talk about the Batman. We're going to settle the debate. Lee liked the Batman. I hated the Batman. I want to emphasize that going in. I liked it. It's a flawed movie. This is not going to be a Lee loved this, Chapin hated it. It's, Lee, I liked you, it. I think it's got will, a lot of good qualities. Will you be watching it again? Does that mean I have to watch it again? I might. I might check it out again. Something in the way. I might just listen to a lot of Nirvana. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be just as prepped. It's okay to eat fish because they don't have any feelings. Okay. Do we know what, do we know what uh, he's doing? And all so that's that do just... it for this the edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know what? If you have a movie you'd like us to review, specifically from 2002, but really it could be anything... Uh, give us a shout at get your film fix po- get your film fix podcast at gmail.com it's our new free email address <laughs> um, we'd we've love to hear from you we closed our patreon account we've closed our, yeah we closed our patreon account because there's there's too much money in it and, and you know it's tax season and we got a little pushback on the old yeah. Vegas expenses 
the uh, the yeah, dinner, the epic dinner at Cut uh, raised some eyebrows over at the IRS, but uh, we won't worry too much about that. I think our lawyers will be taking care of that. Um, so, uh, yeah, send us some, send us some stuff. You know, we love you, um, and and have a, an excellent and safe week. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> that was nice. Yeah. Uh, uh. Wish we Generous. could say that to. Uh, 